I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Friday, September 1st, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, some of the country's biggest insurers are charging customers who own commonly stolen cars, hundreds of dollars in surcharges as stealing cars becomes even more common. So if you're on the market for a Honda CRV, don't say we didn't warn you. And I hate to jinx it, Jay, because I don't wish this upon anybody, but have you ever had a car stolen or do you have a commonly stolen car? I don't have a commonly stolen car, but my mother-in-law has a Honda CRV, and she had this happen to her. Wow. The insurance company contacted her and said, you have two options. Go get this thing installed or pay more on your insurance. Those are the two options. And she was not happy about it. Car theft is rampant. It's something that I'm concerned about. I don't know what makes a car more likely to be stolen or not. It must be the technology. And so my car is not on there, but I'm sure there's something about it. And so anyways, I'm hoping it doesn't happen to me, but you never know, I guess. Yeah, I know Honda CRVs are popular and so are Toyota Highlanders. I know That's people right. have had three of them stolen. Same person three times. Yeah. I know on the other end of the spectrum, I know that Range Rovers and Land Rovers are very common and Lexuses are very common. So that's both ends of the spectrum. Well, it's a little known fact, the plural of Lexuses is Lexi. Yeah, so Lexi are out the door. <laughs> they're on the, they're on a boat to Nigeria and they're being sold to some prince. Uh, right, who needs your money actually? Brett, aside from stolen cars, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, Canadian mortgages get bigger. For our second story, bots aren't allowed. And for our last story, Shopify and Amazon team up. For our first story, Canadian mortgage balances are making like a gym bro and getting swole. Brett, what does that even mean? You wrote it, but what does it even mean? Yeah, well, let me explain. So TD, <laughs> BMO, and CIBC disclosed that rising interest rates have caused 20% of their residential mortgage borrowers to see their balances grow to the point where monthly payments no longer cover their interest owed. This is per the Globe and Mail. As mortgages grow harder to pay off, amortization periods are stretching like taffy, going as high as 90 years in some cases as homeowners bargain for more time. RBC, the largest mortgage lender, said 43% of its residential mortgages had an amortization period longer than the industry standard of 25 years as of July. Mortgage struggles are just one sign that something is amiss with the checkbooks of the nation. Canada's big six banks have now posted their earnings with CIBC, BMO, Scotiabank, and National Bank all setting aside more money to protect against feared loan defaults. RBC and TD upped their loan loss preventions the quarter before. But what could really go wrong with mortgages going bust? Just kidding. A TransUnion report found that household debt hit $2.3 trillion last quarter, up 4.2% year over year, and driven largely by, you guessed it, mortgage debts. And this all matters because all of these indicators point to more Canadians running short on cash and falling deeper into debt. More debt equals less purchasing power and a higher risk of insolvencies, which means not only cutting down on extravagant cruises or your number of streaming services, but knock-on effects that stand to drag down the entire economy. And effects are already being felt. A TD report predicted that consumer spending could soon slow to a crawl as debt servicing increases. The Canadian Association of Insolvency and Restructuring Professionals, which sounds like they throw a ball of a conference, found <laughs> that personal insolvencies increased by 23.5% year over year last quarter. The bottom line is this. Canada is already one of the world's most indebted nations and saw purchasing power drop by its most in a decade last year, according to Oxfam. So get ready, Brett. Yeah. For our second story, robots have never been welcome on the internet. Think of all the crosswalk photo waiting to stump us in CAPTCHAs. But 
That's never been more true in an era of web scraping bots. Jay, how are companies making it tough for those lowly robots? <laughs> yeah, we should all feel bad for the robots. The companies behind some of the world's most visited websites, including retailers, job sites, and news publishers, are blocking these bots from accessing their sites. Accessing their sites, I guess. Deployed by AI companies like OpenAI, web scraping bots gather information from around the web to train the models that power AI tools like the chatbot ChatGPT. Which matters because in the absence of regulation that protects copyrighted material from AI bots, big companies are taking matters into their own hands between heading to court or blocking web crawlers themselves. About 20% of the top 1,000 websites currently have these bots blocked. Publishers are in the early stages of negotiating licensing deals with AI firms for their content. And while some have secured deals, other talks have gone less smoothly. The New York Times reportedly grew so frustrated with their negotiation with OpenAI that they are now considering suing the company to protect their own intellectual property. And this brings us to the bottom line. OpenAI is reportedly on track to make over $1 billion in revenue over the next year. The value of quality data to train these AI models is well documented. So until AI firms pay up licensing fees, those pesky bots aren't going to have much to do. For our third story, like two mismatched cops assigned to work the same case in a cheesy action movie, Shopify and Amazon have set aside their differences and become, let's call them, frenemies. Yeah, here's what's happening. So Shopify and Amazon have struck a deal to let U.S.-based Shopify merchants use Amazon's Buy with Prime feature, offering Prime perks like free shopping and next-day delivery on their own website via an app in Shopify's app marketplace. It's a stunning term of events. In fact, when you read that, my mouth went agape. When Amazon launched the feature last year, it was seen as a direct challenge to Shopify, which in turn told users not to use it. Now, Shopify CEO Toby Lucca had previously made comments saying Spotify was trying to arm the rebels against Amazon's empire. The tides have certainly turned, Jay. I love that misspeak because I think you meant Shopify, not Spotify, but it matters because the market has reacted well to the detente. Shopify shares were up 10.69% yesterday following the news and are up over 84% on the year as the company's reined in cost, rejigged its business priorities, and projects sturdy revenue growth. You know, I saw a few years ago that there was a partnership between Shopify and Spotify, and then Toby Licka tweeted, you know, it's about time. I think it's, you know, <laughs> I think it's a common mistake. Or anyways, earlier this year, Shopify also gave up on its quest to challenge Amazon with its own fulfillment service after selling its logistics biz and its warehouse robotics operation. Here's the bottom line. Even after a no good, horrible, very bad 2022 that saw pandemic era gains erased, Shopify, not Spotify, but Shopify is still Canada's third largest company by market cap and one of the foremost economic drivers of Canada's main stock index. Pete Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thank you, Brett, and have a great long weekend, Peak Pals. Be safe. <laughs>